I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. If you've listened to this podcast before, in particular when I'm talking about a Floyd Mayweather fight, you've heard me compare Floyd to the Borg from Star Trek The Next Generation. They have the ability to analyze and adapt, Commander. I know I've played that clip millions of times when I talk about Floyd, but the thing is, it's true. He looks at what you're doing, sees, okay, I can do this to counter it, and does it. And he nullifies whatever you're doing. The good news is I'm not going to be mentioning the Borg in this podcast, other than that brief instance you just heard. Instead, I'm going to be uh, looking at the current uh, situation going on with Floyd regarding who his next opponent will be, either Amir Khan or Marcos Maidana, and I'm going to use another Star Trek reference to compare it to. This time, the Kobayashi Maru. Oh god, here we go again. Dork alert! (laughs) Now, just hear me out before you turn off the podcast. You all know about the poll that Floyd Mayweather put out, asking the fans to help him decide who his next opponent should be. The two options were Marcos Maidana and Amir Khan. Now, some said that there should have been a third option, like a write-in candidate. I was one of those who mentioned that, and I know for a fact that Arislandi Lara would have jumped on that and liked to have been a write-in candidate, but whatever. So, the poll was launched on February 3rd, and when it closed, a week later apparently, uh, Amir Khan was the winner, with 60% of the vote. Herein lies the part about the Kobayashi Maru, which for those of you unfamiliar with Star Trek, shame on you by the way, it's a test of character to see how you handle a no-win scenario, which is, oddly enough, something that the reboot movies either forgot or just didn't understand. The purpose is to experience fear. Fear in the face of certain death. To accept that fear and maintain control of oneself and one's crew. I don't know how you're supposed to experience fear if it's a simulation. It's kind of like saying whatever happens in sparring will actually reflect on a boxer's professional record. It's not the real thing, so thus... You know what? No, no, no. Forget it. I'm getting off track. Screw the reboot. Screw them forgetting what the hell the Kobayashi Maru was about. And really screw Star Trek Into Darkness. That movie sucked! Anyway, here's where the no-win comes in. If Mayweather goes with Khan the internet is going to erupt with outrage, and I'll admit, I'm not going to be a fan of it. A a, a fan of him choosing Khan, not of the outrage, because I'll be outraged. Uh, What has Khan done in the past two years to earn a shot at the number one fighter in the world? Let's recap. In July 2012, he got knocked out by Danny Garcia. He bounced back in December with a stoppage win against undefeated Carlos Molina, and last year he had a tougher-than-expected scrap with former titleist Julio Diaz, who knocked Khan down in the fourth round. I've heard people say that that was actually a fight that Khan should have lost. Let's be frank, a lot of people believe that if Floyd chooses to fight Amir Khan, they'll know it's because his last two fights had more excitement in the build-up than there was during the actual fights. I mean, you could argue that there was some drama during the Canelo fight, but that was only after the fight when the scores were read and everybody uh, 
you know, was a bit outraged that it was a majority decision, but, you know, that that's beside the point. They know that Khan's chin won't be able to hold up against Floyd's fist when he starts to let them go, and it probably won't, won't last. Floyd's very precise with his shots. He knows exactly where and when to throw them. He's very accurate. That, and because a lot of fans were turned off by how anticlimactic the one was there were no knockdowns you know no knockout there wasn't even a knockdown or a knockout in his last fight with Robert Guerrero but you could easily blame that on uh, him injuring his hand but at the same time regardless hand injury or not there hasn't been any drama no excitement people say that Floyd's going to pick Khan to also bring in the large UK audience and they'll travel overseas to see any big name Brit take on whoever the hell they put it in front of him. I- I'm not kidding. If Ricky Hatton announced that he was going to make another comeback and that he was going to be fighting me as his next opponent in Las Vegas, it'd sell out quick. I mean, pr- probably from just like the UK people. You'd have to trick the Canadians into believing that this was a hockey game and then they might tune in. But, and I can say that because I am Canadian, so whatever. Um, All that Khan really brings to the table in the eyes of many people are a chin that will guarantee a knockout, if not a knockdown. And to be honest, I would be very shocked if Floyd couldn't do either against Khan. I mean, but then again, he's going to, uh, you know, most likely hurt Khan, knock him down, which will generate excitement, something severely lacking in Floyd's last two fights, and it will also bring in the large crowd and the large British pay-per-view. So, if Floyd picks uh, Khan, that'll happen. But even Amir Khan's getting a little bit impatient with uh, Floyd Mayweather and waiting for the hopeful call to fight him in May. Uh, Amir was recently quoted by FightHype.com saying, quote, I'll still fight in May regardless of whatever happens. Early May or end of April, I want to fight because I want to keep myself busy. We're going to get a plan B opponent, hopefully take that fight, and still work our way towards a Mayweather fight. Look, the aim and the goal is to fight Floyd Mayweather and to keep working towards that fight. If we don't get the fight, then we just have to go to plan B, really, and we have to just kind of stay strong mentally. I mean, everything happens for a reason, and maybe it's not the right time. So you just move on, and then you just get a new opponent. Look, it's not going to phase me, unquote. So, that's what that's what Amir Khan says. And, who knows? We'll we'll see what happens, but anyway, that's what I think will happen if he picks Khan. But what happens if Floyd decides to go against the grain and he picks Maidana? Let's not forget, Floyd is a guy who loves to remind people that he is his own boss, and even though he knows that uh, the majority picked Khan, they'll still watch the fight. Because if they weren't interested in who he was fighting, they wouldn't have taken part in the poll. So if he picks Maidana, there might be an equal number of people who are going to be upset by his decision. Now now keep in mind, 
I picked Maidana in that poll. I think he's worthy. He's actually got a welterweight title. And unlike Khan, his last fight was not only a great win, but it was against Adrian Adrian Broner, a guy Floyd refers to as his younger brother. And I said it immediately, immediately afterwards that it would not shock me if Floyd chose uh, to fight Maidana next. I said that when someone uh, someone beats up someone's younger brother, usually the big brother ends up beating that guy up. And we've heard it before, Adrian Broner is always calling Floyd his big brother. But there are going to be detractors who say that Floyd's just going to pick Maidana simply because he's a slow, flat-footed fighter who only beat up an overrated hype job in Adrian Broner and who doesn't have the hand speed that Khan does, which could give Floyd trouble. And they'll compare it to uh, they'll compare it to when Floyd fought Arturo Gatti. Uh, keep in mind, though, when Floyd announced that he was fighting Miguel Cotto, I saw a lot of people saying that this fight or that that fight would be just like Gatti Mayweather. And yet, people now look at the Cotto fight as a good blueprint on how to possibly solve the Mayweather enigma. The truth is, whoever Floyd picks, he's going to get hell for it. Khan. He'll get hell, he'll get hell for it. Maidana, he'll get hell. He could say I'm going to fight Manny Pacquiao and people would still be pissed off about it somehow. They would say that he waited too long. He waited until Pacquiao got older, lost his killer instinct and waited until he got really hurt to challenge him. If he chose to fight uh, Gennady Golovkin, they'd say that he's just fighting another overrated hype job. If he said he's fighting Sergio Martinez, people would say this fight should have been made a year ago and that Sergio is much older now. He's going to be uh, 39 this Friday. Happy birthday, by the way. And that Sergio didn't look great in his last fight. Also, he's, you know, 98% confirmed to be fighting Miguel Cotto, so, you know, scratch that fight. This is what I meant by the Kobayashi Maru. No win scenario. Whoever he chooses, he's going to get flack for it. There is no way he can satisfy people 100%. But then again, maybe Floyd doesn't see it that way. Whoever he chooses to fight, it's going to be the biggest fight of the year. It's going to get a lot of attention, a lot of hype, probably get him another record payday, if not something very close, and more than likely he'll emerge undefeated, keep getting endorsement deals, which equals more money, and the thing is, people are still going to tune into his fights. So, maybe Floyd faces this Kobayashi Maru with Khan Maidana, with the same philosophy as James Tiberius Kirk. I don't believe in the no-win scenario. On to other news. Last week, if you've been paying attention to the website, I wrote a blog about Arislandi Lara, how, in my opinion, Golden Boy is not managing him properly, and even suggested that he borrow the nickname from Paul Williams and refer to himself as the most feared man in boxing. Well, he's chosen a new nickname, but it's not the one I suggested. 
But it's a familiar one. It belonged to former Olympian, or actually former gold medalist and junior middleweight titleist David Reed, and that is the American Dream. Lara was uh, quoted saying, My blood is 100% Cuban, and I love my family back home, but the reality is, thanks to the United States, I've been blessed to live my dream of being a boxing champion and doing what I love for a living. Being able to support my family and loved ones is a business that I'm thankful for. I know what it's like to live in poverty in a communist country and what it's like to live in USA, and I really feel like I'm living the American dream. And when I say that, it represents any immigrant from any country that comes to the USA to live their lives better. I know how important freedom and opportunity is, so I really want to embrace this country. And that's why I feel my nickname should be the American Dream. That's a very interesting philosophy, but at the same time, if he wants to market himself that way, by all means, go right ahead. I mean, sure, he could listen to me, but I'm not saying that I'm 100% right. Because, let's face it, Paul Williams did refer to himself as the most feared man in boxing, but it's not like a lot of people at the same time were lining up to fight him. So if he wants to uh, call himself the American Dream, come into the ring with a... Oh my god! He, he, oh, No, I'm not going to play the clip, but he should come out to the same music as Hulk Hogan did. You know, real American... I'm not going to play it just just because I've driven a lot of people crazy already with the sound clips, but I cannot believe I didn't think of that earlier. Yeah, no, that, that, that'd be great. If Lara came out to Real American, that would be awesome. I, I'll be a bit concerned, though, if he tells people to train, say their prayers, and eat their vitamins, but it worked for Hulk, so maybe it could work for Lara. But like I said, if he wants to call himself that, that's fine. I hope that he uh, gets a fight soon. Moving on. Roy Jones Jr., who uh, last fought at the end of 2013, is entering a new type of battlefield, politics. He uh, told TMZ Sports that he's thinking of running, not thinking about it, he's actually going to do it, of uh, running for mayor of Pensacola, Florida in the next election. Uh, apparently, he's got all the necessary paperwork he got 10 uh, apparently i i mean i'm not counting anything but he got 10 times the required number of signatures to make himself eligible and apparently you need just 5000 to be eligible um and uh, so we'll see where that where that happens or what happens uh as for his policies uh, he says he wants to focus on children saying, quote, a lot of kids don't have proper leadership at home. I'm willing to try and be that person for them. I tell the kids, don't fight in the streets, go into MMA, go into boxing, do something that someone can be proud of you for. And he says that he's very confident that he can win, saying that he's been uh, opposed his whole life, and he's always won keep in mind that he has had eight losses in his career but besides that he's always won it's going to be interesting to see how that goes so, and it also shows that aside from his uh job as an analyst for hbo he's also thinking about okay is this what i want to be doing for the rest of my life if he can do something to improve pensacola in whatever way he sees fit go for it i mean he's not hurting anybody yet 
wait until he gets elected when he's a real politician. Then he can hurt people because nobody likes politicians. Adonis Stevenson made headlines yesterday when it was announced and he also posted a video on his Instagram account of him signing with Al Heyman. Heyman is one of the more successful and also controversial managers in the sport. However, he is also uh, one of the best. Uh, very few photographs of the guy, but at the same time, he knows what he's doing. Uh, Stevenson is going to be back in action this May, at the end of May, at the Bell Center in Montreal, where he will be facing top contender Andre Fonfara. Uh, about this uh, new deal with Heyman, Stevenson said, quote, I want to be paid at the height of what I've accomplished. I was named Boxer of the Year. I had the award for Best Knockout. With a, ma with a manager like Al Heyman, I do not have to worry about my salary. There is obviously Mayweather in Heyman's stable, but after him, I'm going to be his top priority. I will be the first to unify the titles at 175 pounds. The only thing that will change is that I'm going to get paid what I'm worth. I want to fight with Kovalev, but I'm not going to fight with him for just a million dollars. A fight of this magnitude is worth a lot more than that." Unquote. Um, I agree with him with, uh, w with regards to the uh, fight with Kovalev and how he should get a lot of money. They both should, in my opinion. Both were uh, candidates for fighter of the year by a lot of people. I saw some people say that Kovalev was actually more worthy than Stevenson. Obviously, people like me, Boxing Scene, and Ring Magazine strongly disagreed, but, you know, that's difference of opinion. But a fight like this between Stevenson and Kovalev, obviously they should be getting paid the biggest amount possible. It's two big stars. It's guaranteed to be a big fight in Montreal. We've seen that Stevenson can draw big crowds in Montreal. J just watch his last few fights. And this... <sighs> judges need not apply in this fight. It's going to be a, a really amazing fight when it happens. But, uh... This raises the concern, obviously, because HBO uh, apparently, you know, isn't doing business with Golden Boy or Al Heyman, and a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, this move actually is Stevenson's way of trying to get out of the Kovalev fight because Kovalev's on HBO, Stevenson was on HBO, but now he's signing with Al Heyman, so what does that mean? Well... According to Stevenson's promoter, Yvonne Michel, he doesn't have a problem with it. He was asked by uh, uh, The Ring on uh, their website, he was asked, Do you have any concerns regarding any potential uh, for adversarial developments between HBO and Heyman, who has a deep relationship with Golden Boy? And uh, Yvonne Michel said, It is something that is between HBO and Golden Boy that doesn't have an impact on us. Heyman is working with Adonis but I'm still his promoter, and I have a good relationship with everybody at HBO and with Showtime. And he says that they're still talking with HBO to finalize things with Adonis. So, there doesn't seem to be any problem so far, and we'll have to see how things develop. People seem to think that, well, one thing's happening, so obviously another thing's going to be happening. You just have to sit back a uh, sit back wait a few minutes and see how things unfold and then comment on okay this is why so and so is doing this
It was announced earlier this week that the rematch all of England wants to see is going to happen. Carl Froch and George Groves will once again face off at the end of May in uh, a rematch for Froch's WBA and IBF super middleweight titles after the controversial ninth round stoppage of Groves last November. Wow, I... I didn't... Ugh... There, there was a lot of doubt if it was going to happen or not. I'm glad it is. Groves obviously wants to show that he was in control and that he was stopped prematurely. And he also says that he wants to knock Carl Froch out in three rounds. If Groves can get past Froch and be him this time, uh, he will probably get a chance to fight Andre Ward, which would be a good fight. If... Froch is able to get past George Groves again, then maybe finally we could see a rematch between him and Andre Ward. That's a fight I would like to see. Because let's face it, Andre Ward's not doing a lot of fighting. We, we keep seeing Ward mentioning Gennady Golovkin because there's talk about those two fighting. I, I think Ward would win that fight easily, to be honest. And I, I think Ward might... This is just my opinion. I think Ward might be a bit jealous that Golovkin is sort of becoming a bigger star than he is. A lot of people are getting excited about... A lot of people get excited about Golovkin fights. I mean, other than the Chad Dawson fight, when was the last time people got very excited about Andre Ward fighting? And I, I like the Chad Dawson fight. I, I like to go back and watch that. I thought that was a brilliant, you know, demonstration in boxing skill. And I don't care if you argue that Chad Dawson was weight drained. He's the one who said, oh, I'll go down to 168. That's no problem. Fine. Moron. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, once again, I, I like to, uh, I like to incite some controversy one way or another. <laughs> But, um, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us at www.boxingforfree.com, twitter.com slash boxingforfree, be like Eris Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, and hundreds of others. Follow us on Twitter. You won't regret it. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Zoom, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, please give us feedback and a rating to let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time.